I'm going to attempt to show how a paradox of atomism might be solved. And uh, the solution, which I'm going to uh, describe, uh, is an idea from Protagoras. So, it may be what I'm doing really is, is simply recovering uh, a line of thought that already existed thousands of years ago. Uh, which makes sense because atomism was first proposed by Democritus. And Protagoras was the student of Democritus. So it makes sense that if Democritus came up with an idea that led to a paradox, then Protagoras may have come up with an idea in response to that paradox in order to fix it um, so that the uh, either to restore or improve um, the framework of his teacher. Uh, well, I guess restore, improve, or replace, depending on your perspective. So now we're going to consider, okay, so what is the paradox and how does, par how does Protagoras' idea solve it? Um, so first of all, atomism. Atomism, what is atomism? Atomism is the belief that for any given thing, you can break it down uh, into, into elements which do not have any parts. And it's a very general belief. You can believe that only physical things exist and be an atomist. You can think that only mental or spiritual phenomena exist and still be an atomist. Um, so there's many different ways you can be an atomist. But the, the commonality is just that um, whatever, whatever things are, they can be broken down into elements that don't have parts. Okay, and so the paradox of atomism is that it seems to leave no way for things to be uh, directly related to each other. Um, because if anything's related to each other, then atoms must be related to each other. And if atoms are related to each other, it must be that some atoms have direct relations to each other. Because a um, because an indirect relation essentially is uh, depends on other relations, um, and so at some point it seems like it should bottom out, and there should be direct relations. Okay, and the reason that atoms seem like they can't have direct relations is because well, um, atoms can't share parts, because they don't have parts. They can't have direct relations by being part of a common whole, because that would be an indirect relation in virtue of some other thing. I can't be because there's a link between them, because that's an indirect relation. It's in virtue of the link. Um, it can't be because one causes the existence of another, because if it's 
necessary cause, then that really just renders the one atom to be a part of the other, in which case uh, one of them is not an atom, contradicting the assumption that they are atoms. And if it's contingent cause, then um, you have to wonder what's different between the actual world where the cause takes place and a possible world where it doesn't. Whatever the difference is, that difference must have being. There must be something with being in this world which enables the contingent cause. Um, and whatever that difference is, it can't be either one of the atoms because um, they must be identical to how they are in, in the other possible world because they can't be a little bit different without being entirely different. And if they're entirely different, they're not identical. Whatever that extra thing in the actual world is, which has being and enables the contingent cause, that, uh, that renders the relation to be an indirect relation because it's actually in virtue of that third thing. So we can't find any way for atoms to be directly related to each other. That's the paradox. The, atom, the atomism seems to lead to. Um, and here's how, here's how I think Protagoras' idea might have been constructed to solve it. Uh, so what is Protagoras' idea? Protagoras' idea is that no given thing is. Instead, each thing becomes relative something to something else. And so we're going to consider um, so now, okay, so you know what atomism is. You know what the, the paradox is that atomism leads to. And you know what Protagoras' idea is, which we'll call flux relativism. Um, flux is the replacement of is with becomes, and relativism is the component that, you know, the becoming is not absolute, but in relation to something else. So, okay, so you have a basic layout of what we're talking about. Now we'll go back to the paradox of atomism. And we'll consider how that leads to Protagoras' idea. So consider two, two atoms. We need to find a way for the two atoms to be directly related. How could that be? The relationship, there must be a way to, 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 for the relationship to manifest in being, right? There must be some way to reduce relatedness to being. And so, what you could propose is that there is an, indivis an indivisible mixture of the being of the two atoms. And this I'm not drawing this out of thin air. This is very much inspired by 
records in Plato of what, or paraphrases in Plato of what Protagoras uh, wrote about, because the word mixture appears a lot. So we have the notion of an indivisible mixture. And you might be worried and say, oh, well, that, what does that even mean, indivisible mixture? Well, the way we can think of it is that um, what an indivisible mixture would be is that if uh, B was an indivisible mixture of A and of C, then B would be included in the full extent of, or that any, anything including the full extent of A's being would include B. And anything including the full extent of C's being would include B as well. And yet at the same time, B is not a part of A, and B is not a part of C. So for A as well as for C, there is something which corresponds to, uh, which encompasses all of it. But there is nothing which encompasses all and only it, and so that and so that kind of gives us a little bit more of a solid notion of what an indivisible mixture would be. And the cool thing is that we already seem to be uh, approaching flux relativism because this idea that there would be uh, something corresponding to all of a given thing, but nothing corresponding to all and only that thing, seems like it comes close to uh, this idea that nothing has been strictly, or that no thing is. But anyways, so we're here at indivisible mixtures. Um, so we propose that two atoms become directly, directly related by uh, coming together at an indivisible mixture of their being. Um, and another interesting thing about an indivisible mixture uh, is that it is a It is an element involved in the being of each thing, which indivisibly mixes, but it is not a part of either thing. And so its being or its existence is only necessitated, it is necessitated by a pair of things and not by any one thing. And that seems to get us moving in the direction of relativism, where you have phenomena whose being depends on not any given one thing, but on at least two things. So, if you have a thing, an atom indivisibly mixes with one atom, with another atom, we might be led to think that it must also indivisibly mix with another, at least one other. Because otherwise, 
or at least that, that one of them must. Otherwise, it would be more difficult to understand uh, why the, the indivisible mixture was a mixture and not simply a plain old single thing. Then you run into this problem where if a given atom indivisibly mixes with one other atom and also indivisibly mixes with another other atom, uh, we seem to be risking converting this thing into a non-atom because it's like, oh, well, it seems like there's a part of it which mixes with one other atom and another part of it which mixes with another atom. Doesn't that mean that it has parts? But a way, a way you could get around that is if the uh, the connection between the two elements of itself is a connection of change, that it changes from the one indivisible mixture into the other indivisible mixture. And so, there is no sense in which the both mixtures exist in the same reality. The existence of one or the being of one precludes in its essence that of the other. And so this is a notion of change that we associate more with time than with space. This, you know, the end, with time we see uh, the arrival of the present as precluding or destroying the reality of the past. Um, and so that could be the case with these mixtures where the being of any one of them precludes or destroys that of the other. But there is no kind of single reality in which both exist or do not exist. Uh, which seems like we've gotten closer to both flux and to relativism, because we have flux in the sense that each of these atoms is essentially always, it is essentially a change, is essentially becoming, involves indivisible mixtures that cannot coexist. Um, and uh, relativism in that, um, simply in the sense that or at least, at the very least, in the sense that that kind of, that manner of change where the arrival of, um, of one reality destroys that of another, that essentially is, is relativism. Um, kind of like, you know, this, um, this phenomenon of these different beings who's, where, that, that don't, coexist on a single plane. Um, and then, I guess the final thing you might, or the next major thing you might worry about is, you know, just making a little bit more sense of what really an indivisible mixture is and why an atom proceeds from one to another. And for that, you could, one, uh, one answer to that could be just to think about uh, the metaphysical principle that 
something can't come from nothing. Which is, is not, uh, which historically is, I mean, it's not something that everyone believes necessarily or that everyone thinks is meaningful, but it has been touted by some major historical figures. And apparently that was, it was Parmenides, uh, his, to him it was his most important principle. Um, and if you think about it, like something can't come from nothing. What is what does that seem to imply? That something must come from something. In other words, that the the seed of the becoming of a given thing must be indivisibly mixed with um, that of some other thing with perhaps the fully achieved becoming of some other thing. Um, if they were divisible, then it, it appears like they would essentially metaphysically be separate and, and you would have something coming from nothing. So yeah, it's interesting. You, um, So that could be one way of making sense of that, is basically that what, what the world is is these atomic becomings, um, which who's, where the, the seed of the becoming is indivisibly mixed with the fully achieved uh, becoming of something else. Um, and it proceeds from that, from the seed to the fully achieved, to the, to, to the full achievement of being, uh, which itself contains within it the seed of some other becoming. Um, and for any one of those given atoms, because it involves these indivisible mixtures, there is nothing in real there is there is nothing corresponding to all and only it. Um, which seems to destroy isness. It seems to make it so that no given thing is. Um, it does seem to make it such that each thing is becoming. Um, and it does seem to, to make it that things are becoming relatively to, relative to one another. Uh, because of the way in which uh, the becoming is indivisibly mixed. And that any stage in a given becoming is is not uh, is not the part of any one atom but is the part of the but is an indivisible mixture of two um, and finally and you have the fact that you know it must be kind of destructive change. If you if you want to have the continuity of the atom across the process of a, of a becoming, it must be a destructive change in the sense that the arrival of a new of a new stage uh, destroys the reality of the, of the former stages, which 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 strengthen 
strengthens the sense of flux, strengthens the sense of becoming as, as a real thing and not simply a, you know, a collection of beings laid next to each other. And also strengthens the sense of relativism because just in that and in the way that a destructive destructive realities that are sorry changes that are destructive realities seem to bring about a strong form of reality relativism so anyways that was the, the, that whole presentation was very you know uh, a lot more rough and not well you know I, I would like to to put together all of that in a much better presentation. I, if you'll believe me, I think that it can be presented in a, in a way that is, um, that makes it more interesting than it might seem now. And, and more something which could have real content to it and not simply a soup of uh, cool-sounding words. Um, but of course, it is, it is on me to, to demonstrate that. Uh, so I will attempt to do that at some point in the future. But for now, what I just laid out is kind of a, an initial sketch to kind of give the gist to anyone to whom that might be interesting. Okay, all right. Uh, if you made it to this part of the presentation, then uh, thank you. And uh, if you have any feedback, uh, it'd be great to hear it. Um, all right, take care.